0: Guys, um, let me take just a quick minute to introduce what I'm going to do tonight. Um, uh, I will not be with you for the next two Wednesday nights. Consequently, I I, I was reluctant to open up another portion of Romans chapter 8 and begin to dive in tonight when it was going to be interrupted two straight weeks and then I'd have to really come back and do all over what I had done tonight. Now, in light of that, and in addition to this fact, there are some—not very many—but there are some who, every time I get back from a, uh, some kinds of mission trip, they want to know, they want to have some kind of report about my mission trip. Well, um, I, I never do that to you um, because I think somehow we all got scarred at some missions conference looking at uh, and and abused over their slideshows. And, you know, we keep thinking, when is that going to be over? So there there are a few, a couple of three people who are always upset with me that I don't ever do anything, uh, and I don't plan to do anything next time either. I mean, when I get back from this, that is if I get back. That's why I wore the blue shirt in case um, I don't get back and y'all – Forget my name. You'll at least remember. Oh, he was the one with the blue shirt. Um, but so, what I want to do for you tonight is just kind of um, give you, hopefully, something that I think maybe will be profitable. I hope it will be. If not, you can just uh, talk bad about me for the next couple of weeks. I want to tell you what I'm up to, and um, and uh, to, to to do it, I want to answer those those. Uh, is it six adverbs? You know, they say when you're writing a news article, you're supposed to answer who, what, where, when, why, and how. Uh, those are the six helping adverbial words that you're supposed to ask. And so what, that's what I want to do. I want to I tell you what, what I'm up to and, um, and by using those words. First of all, uh, when uh, Friday night at 7.20, I will take a plane out of Memphis into Amsterdam I arrive at 11.20 in the morning, uh, missing the flight to Hyderabad, India. And so I have to spend the night and catch it the next morning to go to Hyderabad, India. So, so, uh, and then I get back on March the 1st. So that's, that's your win. Um, but, um, the where is Hyderabad, India. If you know anything about how India is shaped, you know, it's kind of like this. Uh, well, it's, Hyderabad is in the south. Kind of right down in, in the middle of the center of the country. But it's, it's pretty much uh, equatorial. Uh, it's pretty hot. And the city is a city of some five to seven million. It is um, uh, supposed to be a sister city of a place called uh, Secundabad. I think that's right. And Secundabad or Secundrabad is uh, supposed to be the Silicon Valley of, of India. Now, what is it that I'm about to do? That's the who and the where. Let me tell you the what. Um, if any of you have ever taken my systematic theology class, some of you have, perhaps many of you have, maybe a third of you have taken that uh, systematics class, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I have been asked to come teach reformed theology in, uh, in India to 150 pastors, which that part really, really excites me. Uh, the, the, um, the, uh, the opportunity to teach... Uh, 150 pastors who could make an impact. Um, that That is really uh, exciting. I, I want you to know that I didn't choose my topic. Uh, the missionary that Gracie Van supports in India, whose name is Edgar Sathaluri, um, asked me to do that. Um, Jason, if I could get that schedule up here. Um, I, I wanted you to see the schedule just in case uh, you wondered if we're um, uh, vacationing on you. Is it it's loading. Is that what it's doing? It's up there? Oh, there it is. Now, uh, there's the schedule. Um, guys, uh, I didn't write this schedule. This was sent to me. But I wanted you to have a little bit of appreciation of what's going on. Where to go? Uh, they get no appreciation. Um, we're, we're having technical difficulties. Well, let, let me just. Oh, it's back. Uh, I want you to notice that we arrive in the morning at 1.25 in the morning. You, you arrive at 1.25 a.m. <laughs> and they, you get to bed at 2.30 in the morning. And then you get your money exchanged, I guess. They just take it all from you. And then, um, but you'll notice the conference starts that night, Monday night or Monday afternoon. And, um, I, and I, I don't know how much of that time I have on Monday night. But notice just the rest of it. Uh, from 8, 8, 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, almost, uh, and then from 8.30 to 6 on Friday. Um, so it's a 12-hour, and of those 12 hours, I'm supposed to speak six of those. Now, I, I don't know whether you've ever taken my Systematics Theology class, but I can tell you this. If you have, I teach four hours there in that Systematics class, four hours. And at the end of that day, uh, on Saturday, I go home. I eat a meal and go to bed because four hours of yeah, yeah, uh, wears me out. Uh, so I have six hours there. Um, let, let me kind of skip um, to the who that is who is going. I'm going. Jimmy Umloff is going. When the missionary asked us to, to, or asked me to come, he said, You need to bring somebody with you who can help you bear the burden of this teaching schedule. And I said, oh, no, I can do it. (laughs) No problem. And then he showed me the teaching schedule. And I decided I needed somebody. Well, um, he is going to, some of the missionaries is going to do some of this at night. And Jimmy uh, Umloff, I think, is going to be teaching about three hours a day. So I've got six, he's got three, and Edgar's got the other three. Uh, Or maybe there's meals in there or something. But I just wanted you to know. Then is there another sheet, Jason, do we have the, the second sheet that was on there? Yes, there's, there's Saturday, and I didn't know about this. Uh, this, is, this was a big surprise. I thought, you know, 6 o'clock Friday night, I'm finished. I'm going to go shopping for my wife, and I will head on back, and, you know, everything will be hunky-dory. Well, maybe even have Saturday off, you know, but notice. We're going to travel for three to four hours by road to some place in India. And um, then I get to, um, oh, I'm going to uh, go to a sewing center it, wherever, and then uh, there's an evening village ministry, and then oh that's it 's not all on there because I have to uh, yeah i 'm speaking to women um, about their role, these are all assigned topics, and i 'm doing a children 's sermon. You know how good I am with, with uh, on children 's sermons that 's on Saturday, and then on Sunday we leave. Warangal, wherever that is, it's three hours out into the boonies. And we take another hour to Parkal, and there uh, you preach again on Sunday morning. Then we travel back. We get to four hours back, uh, possible launch of the Hope Telugu DVD, whatever in the world that is. I, 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 I'm getting a haircut just in case. Uh, I don't know what that is. And then we get back, we get finished with that at 8 p.m., and we check out of the hotel at 11.30 p.m. And we get to pick up a flight Monday morning at 3.15 in the morning. Now, isn't that commodious? Um, I didn't do any of this. This is, um, any, anyway, that's, that's just the, that's kind of the schedule. Um, it, I, it's a really quite a lot. <laughs> but I um, thought you might at least want to know the what. All right, so there's the where, the when, and the what. The Who, I've already told you, um, myself, Jimmy Umloff, and Ben Clark are, is also going. Ben Clark, uh, if you know Ben, has got an investment in this ministry over in India and had it long before we ever came uh, into a relationship with Edgar, so he wanted to go over and look again at what he's doing himself there in, uh, at this ministry. The, the, the ministry's name is called Native, and Native is an acrostic which says something, and I don't know what it says, but Anyway. Uh, now, so there's the, the where, the when, the what, and the who. Let, let me tell you the why. Um, and, and, um, guys, I could be as simplistic as saying simply the Great Commission, but that's not enough to tell you. Um, I, I want you to know, first of all, that the elders, uh, we've, we've, we've had this discussion three or four times at the, at the elder level, and the elders um, have given me eight weeks a year. Eight weeks a year—that's including my vacation—and they have, in essence, said you can do whatever you want to with those eight weeks, but don't talk to us about any more. Um, so I can—I can be away eight weeks, um, uh, in whatever, including whatever vacation stops I'd like to make. But at my age, guys, um, I'm not really eager to go back to the beaches of Destin, as my um, as my friend Steve or David Harbor used to say. If I want to go to Destin, all I have to do is throw sand down my pants and go up and sit in the attic. So <laughs> that's kind of the way I look at it. You know, you know, just go sit in the attic and with sand down your pants and you're, you've got the same. I really don't care to do that anymore. I really don't care to vacation. I really don't. I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather do this. Um, actually, I'd rather go to Eastern Europe as opposed to this. But um, uh, I'd rather do this than, than take a vacation. I mean, I, this is this is so redemptive, so meaningful, so life-changing that that uh, I just I'm grateful for the time that I can be away. But it's it is um, it is my involvement in what I hope is um, what I what what I say on Sunday mornings, which is we're trying to uh, take the gospel from pole to pole. And and to think that I can minister, that I can have access to 150 Indian pastors in a world where uh, Hinduism uh, is is of course the national religion. It's just, it's just a thrilling thing. Now, but let me go on with the why. I said the Great Commission. But secondly, guys, here's a principle for you. Uh, and I hope that you'll, I hope that you'll adopt this. The principle is this. People in the position of strength always have to be the ones doing the giving. That's the principle. People who are in the position of strength always have to be the ones doing the giving. Now, let me tell you a story. Um, a couple of years ago, the, the city schools went to uniforms with the kids. Remember, they told them to wear uniforms. And, and my wife um, is in a very interesting relationship with two little African-American girls out of her project in the neighborhood Christian center. And she's maintained this relationship over years and continues it and you know does their science projects with them and all this business. Well, anyway, when they went to the, the uniforms, um, one of the little girls – Uh, was told to go home from school one day because she didn't have a uh, top, an appropriate um, top uh, for the uniform thing. I I forget what it was. It was supposed to be a a red or a white or a blue shirt or something like that. I don't know. But she didn't have one, and so they sent her home. Well, she was told not to come back to school until she could be in the uniform. Well, you know, guys, her mother doesn't care. They don't have a car. she ain't going to get and, and they don't have any well if they had any money, they're going to be spending it on other things. <laughs> so uh, the girl was just stuck. So Susie took her and her sister um, over to the old Navy and um, was going to get them some tops for their their uniforms. So they go into Old Navy, and and uh, they find some very inexpensively priced tops that uh, fit these little girls, and they can go on back to school. Well, while she's standing in the line, ready to pay for the tops for these two little girls, um, one of the girls, the oldest girl, has gone back into Old Navy and gotten two skirts. Now, they're not uniform skirts, they're just skirts that she apparently liked off of the racks there at Old Navy, and she comes up to the line where my wife is, and, and <laughs> hands them to my wife, and um, Susie says, you know, I'm not buying those. We came to get some tops. Well, you know, it, it really was upsetting to think that here we are, you know, we're trying to get you back in school. Nobody's going to take you over there. They don't have a car. If they have any money that's going to be spent on something else, they don't give a hoot about you. But here we are taking it, and you went back there and got some skirts with some matter with you. Actually, that's the way I reacted. <laughs> that wasn't exactly my wife's reaction, but it was. And I'm thinking, that is so. So as we worked through that, we came to this conclusion. We who are in the position of strength, Always have to be the ones doing the giving. Guys, if you want to, you know, I had somebody who was, I think it was Randy Ray, uh, was talking to me, who was it, was talking about um, the utility bills that are being run up by the inner city, and, you know, we've all got our our thermostats set way down, and we're freezing at night, and, you know, they're just $900 utility bills. And it just drives you crazy, doesn't it? Well, guys, you've got to understand It's never going to be different. It's never going to be equitable. If you're looking for this to make some kind of economic sense, give up. But isn't this what the cross of Jesus Christ is about? Wasn't he in the consummate position of strength? And he did all the giving. And that's where the principle comes from. We're the ones who have to do all the giving, guys. You might not like that. It might be galling to you. But that's one of the responsibilities that we have as people in the position of strength. Uh, This is the mathematics of grace. So why why am I going? Well, the Great Commission. But we're in the position of strength. And so we have to be the ones doing the giving. And we're going to continue to give and continue to give and continue to give. And if you're trying to balance it all out on some balance sheet, you're going to be you're going to be going to, it's going to drive you crazy. Give it up. But giving, we must. The third reason, or the third thing that that prompted me to as to the why, guys, I love Eastern Europe. I love what I get to do with Ronnie Stevens um, in Budapest and. And I have a dream for later this year. It's just a dream right now, but um, I have a dream because that's where I love to go. I mean, it's a, it's a fun place. They're ex-communists. They're open to truth claims. They love to hear about truth. It's not that they adopt it, but they love to hear somebody say, well, let's try to work this thing out because the communists sure lied to us. I love it over there. And yet, I have really no interest in going to India. I think you all know that I have some sleeping issues, and um, my sleeping issues are at their absolute worst on an airplane, absolute worst. I'm hoping to drug myself into oblivion, but I don't have a whole lot of hope. Um, I tried that last year, <laughs> very honestly. Um, I mean, they were medicinal drugs, uh, but they didn't knock me out, and so I one, the leg from Amsterdam to Hyderabad is 11 and a half hours. I'd rather get a root canal, a series of root canals, all root canals, than fly 11 and a half hours over there. But here's my point. I did not think I could look in the eyes of Jesus and say, listen, I'll go to Eastern Europe because I like that. <laughs> but I ain't going to India. I just didn't think I could say that. And so and I'm not trying to be a martyr here. I'm simply trying to tell you why I said yes. By the way, this is kind of interesting. When, when Edgar was in town last October and this whole thing was being formulated, Ed Kato is the one that really got me into this, the, my dear friend Ed. You know, Ed's already been over there, and Ed can sleep anywhere. I, I should have gone to med school because th- those guys learned how to sleep. They can sleep anywhere. Well, Ed and Kurt, they can just sleep anywhere. I mean, they just get on a plane and they're out. And I just hate them. (laughs) That's just a joke. But um, Ed has already been over there, and he comes back and he says, this is something that we really want to get involved in. Um, um, Jason, would you give me this board now? And I'll get to that in just a second. But um, So Edgar, the missionary, comes over here, and we go out to supper after a Wednesday night. We we go out, and we're all sitting together. Ed's there. Ed Kattu's there. And um, and um, Edgar's asking me to come do this. And I, I looked at Edgar, and I, Edgar the missionary, the Indian, and I said, why do you want me to come do this? And he said, well, because I can't get R.C. Sproul. <laughs> Which I thought was refreshingly candid. You know, uh, he really wants R.C. Sproul, and I don't blame him. But I can't get him, so I'm stuck with you, Bubba. So would you come do this? So you're, you're, I'm just trying to give you the why. The other thing that you need to know is that Grace, excuse me, that India is one of Grace Ventures big four. Now let me explain that to you. Guys, uh at Grace Evan, we have three benevolent committees. We have um, we have community missions. Community missions um, is is overseeing all the things that are local like uh, Young Life, Neighborhood Christian Center, Memphis Union Mission. All that comes under here. Then we have Global Missions that oversees all of our foreign missionaries, and there's, I forget how many, 23 of them or something like that. Now, these two committees um, split 10% of the budget. 10% of what is given here every Sunday. I don't know if you know this. 10% of what's given here every Sunday is taken out and put into an altogether different account. It's not even in the general account. It's in another account. Because the the, the thing that we wanted to insist is if anybody's going to suffer, it's not going to be the missions that we support. So 10% of everything is given away to these two things. Now, But in addition to that, there is, of course, Grace Venture. Now, these are these are headed up by elders and staff, both of these. Um, this has no elders and no staff. It is all you, and we did that on purpose because we wanted you to buy into a grace venture culture, the culture which states we're going to live more simply so that we can give more sacrificially so that we can accomplish the Great Commission. Guys, if you think I'm after your money, I am. But let me tell you something else I'm after. Do you realize if we would simply cut out three hours of television a week, what we could do for the kingdom? Living more simply? Just instead of 40 hours a week television, let's cut it down to 37. And and, and devote those three hours a week to kingdom building. This is not all about money, guys. It's about asking you to cut into that which is so important to us at times, our money, and give some of that money to Grace Venture. By the way, every dime of this, every dime of it is given away. Every dime. Every dime. And... um, each year grace venture identifies two of these and two of these two community missions and two global missions and they concentrate on it. now the difference in this and this is that these are long term commitments it like edgar sephaluri is one of those uh uh missionaries one of our missionaries we give him money every month and will continue to do so over the years uh unless he were to do something not good this is this is annual. This is a one-time thing. So when this money is distributed, we don't say, don't come back next year because you may not get it next year. So two community missions and two global missions are identified every year so that we can concentrate on those. This year, India is one of the big four. That's the big four right there. Now, completely out of grace, it doesn't affect these over here. Just this. So India has, by the way, this big four is determined by the eldership. The elders choose these. And somewhere between, oh I don't know, 50 and 60 percent of the money that goes to Grace Venture will go to these, these four over the year. For instance, Memphis Union Mission, headed up by Scott Bjork, someone of um, Memphis Union Mission last year got a check from you for $50,000. Nice little hit, don't you think? Um, And last year there was, somebody help me, was it like $305,000 that was given to this? Something like that. I think that's right. $305,000 was given to Grace Venture. Not to speak of the money that is budgeted to give away. No, so all I'm trying to tell you is why am I going? Because India is something that we're investing in heavily this year something determined by the eldership and we have two other trips no make the three other trips that are scheduled to India this year in this calendar 2006 there's a woman's thing in in August and then there's a construction trip and a medical trip all to the same place so I'm going just because the elders have identified or at least part of the reason is because of uh, they have identified this as one of the big four now um Another reason that I'm going, or in terms of the why, is I learned this principle. I think I learned it. I'm not sure I'm real good at it, but uh, uh, it's a principle that Ernie Norcross used to just try to pound into me, and that is what you expect, you must inspect. Gang, do you know how much shenanigan goes on in the world of missions? There's a lot of misspent, wasted money, which is tragic. Now, by the way... We ain't any smarter than anybody else. But we have determined this, that if we're going to make uh, significant investments, we're going to go take a look first. We're going to go do the best we can instead of... You know, uh, my friend Ronnie Stevens tells a story about a missionary that they used to support. Uh, and I think he was in India. And um, uh, over the course of years, they had supported him. for a Anyway, seven years after he had come home from India... They found out that he was living in San Diego. They supported him for seven years in San Diego. There's just all kinds. By the way, guys, we have our own stories to tell. We haven't been perfect. So one of the reasons that, in fact, I have people right now saying, I'm interested in going on that women's trip, but I want you to come back and tell me. For instance, the women's trip has no husbands in it. The husbands aren't going, just the women. And so I have husbands saying to me, I'm not, I don't want to support my wife going over there unless you can tell me something that will assure me that she's going to be safe. So, I, I, again, I'm just trying to tell you the why. Um, we can make it as simple as the Great Commission, but there's really, um, there's really more to it. We want to be true to the Great Commission? Yes. But those are the other reasons that we uh, have chosen to do this. Now, so there's the where, the when. The what, the who, and the why. Now, let me close with the how. If you've got your Bibles open, I want to invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Um, If you know anything about the Pauline epistles, um, there are several epistles that are what they call the prison epistles. Epistles. That is, that Paul writes from a prison. Um, he's kind of locked up. <laughs> can't, can't really go anywhere. Uh, and a prison in Rome, or he was even in a prison in, uh, in Palestine, too. But I don't know exactly where the prison was. Um, but anyway, he writes from the prison. Those are called the prison epistles. Uh, guys, um, Philippians is a prison epistle. He's writing from a prison in Rome. And he writes to the Christian church at Philippi. And I want you to notice what he says in chapter 1, uh, verse 19. Um, well, let me, let me begin reading at 18. Just but, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. And notice what he says. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. And then, of course, he says, for me to live is... uh, Christ and to die is gain. Guys, um, do you see what Paul has said to the Philippian church? He's in prison and he says, you know, uh, I'm going to rejoice in whatever circumstances I'm in, but I'm counting on getting out of here. And do you see what he's counting on to get him out of there? What is it? The prayers of whom? The prayers of God's people. You want to know the how of this whole project, folks? It's the prayers of God's people. Prayers that I come in. Notice, notice what he says. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. He's leaning on two things, guys. He's leaning on... Um, the people's prayer and the support and supply of the Holy Spirit, that's the how. Now let me leave you with this, and um, I hope this has been some, in some small way beneficial for you, but um, I'm counting on your prayer and the supply of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've made fun of cobras. I... Um, my buddy Steve over here, Steve Rillinger, he's been to Hyderabad and he says you're not going to see any cobras, but um, uh, he has given me some some cream to ward off the uh, the mosquitoes. But um, and so I, it, that's just kind of a ha ha, and we can laugh them. And, and I I have far more concerns about some other things, and um, most of them are having to do with being out in the woods and and all the things that. So here's what I'd like to ask you to pray. Um, I'd like you to pray for um, sleep. Um, I, I um, If I don't get a night's nice rest before 3.15 or 1.25 Monday morning, I, I don't know. I just, uh, not, it's not that I won't do, I won't be good. It's just that I really get crazy when I, I mean, I, some of you know how how crazy I can get. Uh, and I, and I, I mean, it, I really, I really kind of fall off into a kind of a pit of despair. It's not a funny, it's not a fun thing for me at all. So that's the first thing. The second thing I'd like for you to pray is connection. And by that I mean this. One of my biggest concerns when I met with Edgar is, wait a minute. Are these people going to understand a thing I say? Uh, I don't want to do this and come back and those guys think, who was that masked man? Um, I don't know him. I don't understand him. I'd like to be able to connect with these, these pastors. Thirdly, I'd like for you to pray for my wife. My wife will be... Um, Uh, in D.C. for the first seven days of my being gone, and then she'll be back here the last five days. Um, She's going to see Megan and the the children. And then, as I've mentioned to you in the pulpit, um, I have a significant concern about um, Amsterdam. I'll be in Amsterdam a whole day and and a portion of a day by myself. Nobody will be, I mean, uh, Jimmy's going another direction, and Ben is going to come home earlier than 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 I get to. Um, so I have some concerns. You know, guys, do um, you know the story about Peter when um, Jesus comes before Peter and uh, the apostles and says, "You know, um, you're all gonna you're all gonna deny me." And Peter says, <laughs> "Oh, they might. Those bums." <laughs> But everybody knows that they're not as spiritually developed as I. But, I mean, they can turn their back, but not me. I will follow you even to death. And Jesus says, Peter, Peter, Peter. You know, you don't. I, all I'm saying is, I'm anti-Peter. Peter says, I wouldn't fall. And I'm saying, I'll fall for anything. <laughs> um he, he's real confident in his spiritual uh, uh, attainments. I'm completely diffident about my own. So Peter makes perhaps one, the mistake on one end of the spectrum. I may make it on the other end. But I would ask you to pray that, um, that I would not make choices that would be bad. I have that potential. I've tried to convince you that for fifteen years and I think you're probably you're you're finally beginning to believe me. Um, I told you the story that Steve Brown used to tell and with this we'll quit. Steve Brown's when well, I'm a heroes and Steve Brown used to go to the pulpit and he would talk so much about, you know, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner like you, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, and so one day uh, he got finished preaching and a guy came up to talk to him and he said, You know, uh, Doctor Brown, you know, I've heard preachers all my life say that they're preacher that they're sinners, but you're about the first one I ever believed. <laughs> so, um you can believe me. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you as a church for the opportunities that we have to expand the kingdom of Christ. And that is our intention. That's why we're in business. We didn't, we didn't start this church so that we could have a nice little holy club out here in the, um, the German town and, and enjoy all of our little uh, country clubby ways um, with a religious um, veneer on them. We've come because we, we've, we, want to, um, we want to make a difference. We want to live a life that has content and meaning to it. We don't want to waste the one thing that you've given us, life. And, and I thank you for the privilege that is mine to go do this. And I pray that you will work in the hearts and souls of your people a, a burning, unquenchable desire to not waste their lives. Lord, um, we're all guilty of wasting significant portions. And I pray that you will take us all and, and allow us to see things that perhaps we've not seen before, but things that will so motivate us, so thrill us, so call us, that we will not settle for spiritual mediocrity ever again. Lord, um, If we have heard you rightly over this decision, I pray that you will go before us and bless all that goes on. If we have made bad decisions, I pray that you will teach us the lessons that we must learn and uh, to seek you with greater um, determination. Thank you for this group of brothers and sisters, and I pray that you will uh, use this in their lives as well as mine. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks and good night.